0: Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Glad you uh, made it here. And um, uh, again, it's uh, a new day, a new year. And we're going to talk about that. Where does your hope lie? You know, everybody has a source for what they do. And we're going to talk about that this morning because I think it's so important. Somebody told me afterwards we have pizza, I guess... Um, uh, my my birthday is yesterday today. I don't know. I lost track. It's it's sad when when your age is the same as old people. But um, uh, anyway, got some pizza for everyone afterwards if you want to stay. And um, you know, I heard a kind of a funny story. It says if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one there, a Chihuahua dog will bark five hundred miles away. <laughs> Just information that's usable, I guess. I don't know. If you have your Bible this morning, John chapter 15. Normally we're going through the book of Acts, but this morning, because it's the first day of the year, and I believe it's always a good time at any time there's a new year to look where does your source lie? Now, we have a lot of people that do what's called New Year's resolutions, and really, what's, what we're going to start doing and what we're going to stop doing. I talked a little bit about this uh, last week. That, uh, well, you know, this year I'm going to get physically fit. I'm going to work out. I, on TV, I bought me a flat blaster and I'm going to get me one of those things. And I'm going to work out. And by, uh, by, you know, April, they're in, you know, yard sale bin. Because we, we we the flesh is willing, but the but uh, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is really weak. So when we understand that we need help to do what we need to do, what lights your fire? What is the source? Well, as we look at this today, there is no better encouraging words than from Jesus. And friends, I believe this year is going to pose some very, very strong challenges to all of us. I don't think there's anybody here that doesn't understand we have some tremendous problems in our country and in the world. You have Putin threatening to blow up American cities for our support of the Ukraine and says he already has his missiles dialed in to American cities. And in Europe uh, and some European ones as well. This, to me, is interesting because the idea of the Cold War being over to me is re- resurfaced. Then we look at our government spending 1.7 trillion dollars that it does not have, wondering what causes inflation, friends. If you keep printing money and there's no gold gross national product to back it up, and there isn't. It's going to make what money you have, your savings, worth even less. And so we have to think about these things because it's going to affect us. But what do you do? Well, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to get all the no-dos that I can eat and stay up all night and worry about it. Well, all you're going to do is make yourself sick. So you, starting off a new year, I believe, to really realize where does our hope lie? We we have to be settled in that because if this is not settled in your heart, everything else will be amiss. And so as we read these words today from Jesus, and again, he's the great one who settles our heart, let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we ask you now that as we <clears throat> spend this time in study of your word, though you would speak to our hearts and cause us to be rock steady, rock solid in the days that we're about to enter. And so as we read these words today, may we remember them through the entire year and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 15, Jesus starts off and he says, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman or the groomer. Jesus is the vine. The vine is what supplies the nutrients to the rest of the plant. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he cuts it back that it may bear even more fruit. Now, it is interesting if God did not do the cutback. If you don't do the cutback on your trees in about another three or four months in the spring of the year, on your apple trees, plum trees, pear trees, if you don't cut the dead out, it hurts the tree. You then become the husbandman of your garden. You become the husband of your orchard. You go through and you take away what is going to be sucking strength from the rest of the branches, what the rest of the tree. Now he says this, he prunes it that it would bear more fruit. My father is the husband. He's the vine dresser. Every branch. Now he goes on and he says this, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Very clearly here, he's telling us, he's the vine, we're the branches. Now, what does a branch got to do to live? Hang on. This year, I just want to encourage you, hang on. Hang on to Jesus don't give up on your faith. Don't get set back and say, well, if God loves everybody, where is He? I've had people say that. Well, how could a God of love allow the terrible things in the world to happen? Have you heard that one? Anybody? If, if there's a God and, 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 and why does He allow these things to happen? So when God brought the flood on the earth, now God's a murderer. When the Canaanites were worshipping the Baals and part of their practices were to have these, uh, open sex and the babies that were born and then they would take these babies and they would fry them in the arms of a of moloch and as it would glow red they'd lay them and they'd be beating the drums worshiping their god and as the babies would scream because of they were being burnt to death they would play the drums louder so the parents couldn't hear their child scream so god goes in to canaan with the children of Israel and wipes them out. Now God's a murderer. You see, the world doesn't know what it wants. The world will come up with all kinds of crazy things in some way to discount who God is. You have to remain strong and hooked on to the vine. One of the things that I have found if you listen to people, they will tell you what's wrong with them. If you listen to people, you'll get their MO. You'll get their motive you operandi. You'll, you'll understand where their brain's coming from. I've shared this many, many times. Maybe every sermon. I don't know. But it stands out to me so important. When a guy came up to me and he said, You mean to tell me you base your life off of everything the Bible says? And I said, well, by the nature of your question, you base your life on something. What do you base your life on? No answer. They got hit in the face with a wet fish. See, they're not used to that. Somebody said one time, if you'll listen to what somebody says, they'll tell you everything that's wrong with them. Again, be a good listener in this new year. Be a person that really digests what the person is saying. When somebody says, well, how are you? Well, I'm okay considering. And instead of passing by, hey, by the way, considering what? Well, considering everything I'm going through right now. Like what? It's okay to ask questions. Because when they are offering information to you, you then can minister the gospel to them. Again, being hooked on to the vine, you're going to get your strength from God. Now, as he says here, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. I don't want to be a branch that doesn't bear fruit. Now, there's some that say, well, this means lifting up or whatever. Well, when we get down a little bit farther, they're cut off and thrown into the fire. So I don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. You see, here he says, you are already clean. How do you get clean in this world? That means free from your sins. What Jesus did for us. You get clean for what God does for you. His blood on the cross got you clean. Your past doesn't haunt you. Now, again, we talked about this last week where your sin becomes part of you. It forms your opinions, it messes with your mind, it messes with your memory, it affects your ability to sleep, sin becomes part of us. It isn't just something, well I do a little sin over here, and then I walk away, and I'm okay. No, sin messes you up. That's why God doesn't want us to sin. Remember, Jesus, God, the Father, they're not cosmic killjoys that don't want you to have any fun. God knows more about that fun than you do and knows there's a tremendous hook in it. Just like when you go fishing and you put that juicy worm on that hook and the fish goes, oh look, a juicy worm doesn't see the hook. That's the way sin is. Sin looks like a juicy worm and we don't see the, God knows the beginning from the end. That's not just concerning prophecy, everyone. That's concerning your life and concerning the way we live our lives. And if we go out and we think we're going to beat the rap on sin, we're fooling ourselves. The wages of sin is death. It isn't that God doesn't want you to have a good time, but God knows more about sin or rebellion to what his word says than we do. I've had people say, well, I don't believe the Bible is true. I believe it was written by a bunch of men. Okay. Okay. Go violate it and see what happens to your life. Is the Bible true or is it not true? Party hardy, dude. And when your brains are splattered all over the road from hitting trees, or you've had a bad trip and have your heads missing, or you're hooked up and now you're an alcoholic or a junkie or something else. Yeah, if God's word is just written by a bunch of men, violate it. See what happens to you. You see what happens? We can make, people can make all kinds of excuses not to come to God, to discount his word, to try to live another vine, if you will, where they get their strength from. But they will always end up in death. Now he says, you're clean. Do you realize how important that is for you to be clean in your life? That means your past is gone. That yucky stuff that held you back, that stuff you go to psychologists and spend $150 an hour to tell him all your problems, for him to try to talk you out that your problems really aren't that bad. And when you walk out, the problems remain and you're still yucked out. You need to get clean. Now, that's why the Bible says he separates us from our sins as far as east is from the west, chooses to remember them no more. How important is that? You need to get free from your past because your past will pull you down. Well, I'm not going to do that. I did that once and that didn't work. Well, yeah, we need to learn from our past. But to turn around and do something else that's just as foolish as what we did the first time, it's going to get you ahead. So, you're clean. Now, when God cleanses us, he takes our sin away. Friends, you need your sin forgiven. And you need it removed. And that's one of the great things, what Jesus did for us on the cross. He got rid of our sin. That frees you up to think. That frees you up to love. That frees you up to not carry around a guilty conscience your whole life. Now he says, Abide in me and I in you. Do you see anything unusual about this first part of this verse? Abide in me and I in you. It's a mutual relationship. It isn't just abide in me and go on. No, and I in you. You see, God wants that fellowship with us. Do you know God loves talking to you? That's what was lost in the garden when God would come and walk with man in the cool of the evening. And man broke that relationship when he ate of the tree. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, restored that and God digs talking to you. He likes talking with you. Why? Why? Because that's why we were created. To have fellowship with God. Jesus said, when you pray, our Father. That's the relationship God wants with you. Now, understanding that, abide in me, I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. That is the source Of your strength. It's not Ann Landers. It's not a six pack. It's not your buddies on a Friday night. It's not what everybody else in society is doing. It's your relationship with God. In this new year. You must be rooted in. To Jesus Christ. Don't pray. When you have a problem. Only. But pray every day. Thank the Lord for what he's done. Do you know Thanksgiving All the way through the Bible, a heart of thanksgiving. Give thanks for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but all the time. Why? Because when we're thankful, it forces us to take inventory of what we have. Lord, thank you that I have a car that runs. Thank you that I have a place to sleep at night that's warm. Thank you, God. And all of a sudden, you realize just how good God's been to us. But if all I, God ever hears from me is what I don't have, I want the red one, I got the green one. I, 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 God goes, yay, yay, But you know, when you're thankful, you take inventory. You know, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talked about if somebody asks for your coat, give him your tunic as well. In other words, if they want your, your, your coat, give him your shirt as well. Now is Jesus saying we're all supposed to be running around like a bunch of streakers? No. He's saying you want to be in the position to help those who need help and have an eye for it. Now again, you have to remember this because otherwise nothing I'm saying is going to make any sense. You are God's representative here on this earth. He's the vine. We're the branches. Okay, he is the source from which he pours into you to pour into others. And being able to help other people is what God wants, because that's how love is then moved from a God of love in a world that doesn't understand love to where they understand what love is. Do you see, in other words, you're the means by which God's love becomes real to a lost world. Do you you understand that? How important you are to God. The fellowship God has with us allows us. To be able to understand that he's the source. I'm thankful for what I have. I take inventory of that. And then that prepares me to bless others. And then God says, don't worry about that. I'll keep pouring it in. You just keep blessing. That's the way God works. Remember, he multiplied the loaves and fishes. Was that just a really cool trick to, you know, wow, that really dazzled the crowd. No. He was showing us that he can make something out of nothing. Again, when you look at Genesis 1.1, you look at 1 John. It tells us how he made everything and he made it from nothing. But then to go on, he turned the water to wine. He multiplied the loaves and fishes. Hey, listen, this is the God of miracles that I want to know. And when you're close to God, you begin to see those miracles. And you become a conduit, a a, a vine in which others are blessed. Now again, the whole idea here, Jesus is talking most likely and primarily about like grapes. There is a vine and then the branches. But if we're cut off from the, from the, from the vine, we're not going to bear anything because we don't have the nutrients flowing into us. Now, what cuts off fellowship with God? Yeah, think about that for a minute. What will God bless? What won't he bless? Well, I, I find that when I become, when I become unthankful, That's probably one of the key things because I'm not recognizing what God has done. Now there's an old saying, if you're not thankful for what you have, you won't be thankful for what you get. And you have to understand again, He's the vine, we're the branches. Abide in me and I in you. It's mutual. That's what God wants. He digs on being with you. And I love that about God. Now he says here, I am the vine, you are the branches. I I like this about God. He becomes very, very pointed in what he's saying. I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing wow now we get into the you might say not just the daily aspect but the eternal aspect as well because there's an eternal aspect that when you do something for God it goes on and on and on throughout all of eternity even a cup of cold water in his name the Bible says bears a reward if anyone does not abide in me He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. I don't like this. So everybody take out your markers and your pens. And let's just mark this verse out, okay? Because we're going to have the Bible we like. No, sorry, can't do that. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not just the ones I like. Look, God has supercharged you. May you say, well, Mike, I'm not a Christian. You need to be one. Because let me ask you this question. Without him, you can do nothing. You think we're doing so much and then we die to realize that all was for nothing? Or would you rather say, well, you know what? I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to lay up treasure for myself in heaven and have that fellowship with God. You know, one of the things that is so astounding to me, and, and, and I, I talk about this a lot because I, I run into it a lot as I talk with people. Why was God such a God of miracles in the Bible and he doesn't do miracles today? Have you heard that? I've heard that a lot. Well, those close to Jesus... See the miracles. Those around Jesus experience the miracle. I always go back to Jesus feeding the the multitudes with the loaves and fishes. The crowd was blessed by the miracle. But those close to Jesus, the disciples, knew that it was a miracle. A lot of people enjoy the blessings. They enjoy the blessings of God blessing the United States. They don't know that it was a miracle that we're here, that we're not under tyrannical rule like most of the world is today. They don't realize that. They experience the blessing, but they don't know it's a miracle. You are God's kids. Of all the people in the world, you should know God's miracles because you're close to him. And, you know, when you're around people, you know, you'll see things, you'll do things. Man, I'll tell you, I just want God to supercharge your, your uh, sensories that you have. Because, man, I'll tell you, God does great things. You know, I've had people come to me and they say, Mike, you know, I, 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 you know, I've been praying and I need this and I don't have one. And it's really weird, like like the day before, I saw one at a yard sale or something. And I'll say, well, hey, I, I just saw one of those. And they'll go over there, it was still there. And I just go, God, God how do you do that? You use us to hook people up to what they need. Whether it be spiritual, physical, whatever it might be. That's how God works. We're not saved to set. We're not just saved and thank God for fire insurance. But no, God then uses us in ways that we would never dream possible. Listen, when you walk with the Lord, I and him, he and me, you and him, him and you, God speaks to us. Do you know he's the one that prompts us to make investments? He's the one that prompts us to sell. He's the one that prompts us to go talk to a person. He's the one that prompts us not to talk to a person. Listen, in my life, years ago when I was dating, I remember one time I called this girl I met, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> some of you don't remember that, do you? Yeah. You push the button, boop, boop, or... And I remember God said, hang up now. And you know, I thought that was really weird. I hung up. If I had not hung up, I probably wouldn't be here today. Because you see, God speaks to us. Now, a lot of people, when they become born again... And God becomes the God, the king of their life. God will tell you to not do certain things. And we get mad at God. Well, God, why? Listen, I don't need to know why. If God says, don't do it, don't do it. Question. You that are born again. Has God ever told you not to do something? My hand is up. I mean, like almost audibly, God said, don't do that. You got a daddy in heaven that loves you. That's why. You see, a real father will stop his kid from doing dumb things. A real loving father will stop his child from making a fool out of themselves. A real loving father will tell him to pull his pants up. A real loving father will keep you from trouble. You have a real Father in heaven. And in this new year, don't you ever forget how much God loves you. That relationship that He has with you is because He loves you. I in him, me and him, you and him, listen. He's in us. If anyone doesn't abide, if you don't abide, notice this is conditional. I don't know if you see how many times the word if appears here, but that's conditional. Do you want that? Oh, I do. I do because I know what living apart from God is like. I've been a Christian a long time. Have I taken strides from the mastered side? Yes. And it doesn't work. If you abide. You know, this morning, if you're not abiding in Christ, I want to invite you to consider Jesus. Because you're making mistakes that are going to cut deeper and deeper and deeper into your life. The consequences of sin are so big. Now, friends, you think about it for a minute. Think about your friends that didn't listen to what God said. Or even as a non-believer, you saw the road your friends were on as they were going down that dark path. And you're going, man, that's going to put a hurt on you. And you know what? Even as a non-believer, you can see what sin does to people. But do you see what sin is doing to you? Because we don't recognize it. The devil is a master of disguises. He can color a truth and and, a, a lie to make it look like truth. He'll sell you a thousand truths to get you the one lie that'll kill you. It's the way he works. That's his strength and our weakness. But there's no weakness in Christ. And God exposes the works of darkness. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it will be done Be done for you. This isn't carte blanche using your magic faith words and getting whatever you want. The whole idea of this verse, friends is when you're involved in the things of the kingdom. God will supply what you need to do the job. And do you know what is needed is different in every situation? When you're remodeling a house, sometimes you need a good glue gun. Other times you need a sledgehammer. Don't mix them up. You see, God gives us what we need to do. Do the job in front of us. I don't want to rely on the success of God in my life in the past. I want to learn that He's faithful. I remember in the Old Testament, King David, there's a battle with the Philistines, and He's getting ready to go, Him and His army. They're up in the mountains, the Philistines are down below. And he decides, I'm going to go pray and ask God what he thinks. David says, Lord, shall I go out and meet the Philistines? He said, yes, go out and meet them. I'll give you a great victory. God did that. Same chapter, same chapter. The Philistines, again, are down in the valley. David is up on the mountain. And they get ready to go attack. And right before the attack, he goes, I'm going to go pray. He goes and prays. He said, Lord, shall I go down in the valley and get him like I did before? And God says, you shall not go down in the valley as you did before. You will wait here in the tiburneth trees. Surprise attack. And God did just, gave him that, that insight. God gave David a great victory. The point is, is this. I want to be careful not to rely on the outcome of what God told me, I want to rely on God, which every circumstance is different. You see, there's a big difference. And so when you do this, you'll find how if we abide in him, he's going to direct us what he wants us to do. You can ask whatever it is in his name, he'll do that. Don't you understand the authority you have? Don't you understand how, how religion has tried to cob that authority of yours where well, you only got to go to the Pope or the priest or the minister or the bishop or the deacon or the elder? No, 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 that's for you. Why, why Jesus said, whoever sins you say are forgiven, they're forgiven. Well, I thought only Jesus could forgive sins. Exactly. You're not forgiving the person's sin. You're using the authority that God gave you. If you accept Jesus Christ today, your sins are forgiven. You can say that. I can say that. A priest can say that. You can also say this. If you reject Jesus Christ, Your sins remain. You're still in darkness and you're going to continue to do the same stupid stuff you've been doing through your whole life because you're in sin. Remember, sin is stupid. Now I know that's a quite a uh, iconic statement, but really friends, think about it for a minute. Sin's stupid. Look how good I am. My watch is Gucci. I'm better than you because I'm Gucci. Really? You might be stupider to spend a couple thousand dollars for a watch that would do the same thing for, you know, $40. So are you Gucci or are you stupid? I can afford better drugs than you can. I'm better than you really think about it for a minute if you're having to drink or do drugs you might be into this as a Christian you may be be, maybe doing this let me just help you here I'm not putting you down I'm not condemning you I'm saying abide in Christ because apart from him you can do nothing now Apart from Christ, I can do nothing. What does that mean? What does that mean? Tell me. What does that mean? I, apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. That means I can't even define who I am without Christ. Okay? You get that? So here's the deal. I don't like me very much. So, I will eat drugs. I will smoke dope. I will get me a six pack or a bottle of vino and I will modify myself. I'll get a buzz on and then I'll like myself because I'm altered because in who I am, I don't like me. That's why I have to get a buzz on. That's why I have to be around my friends and get altered because I don't really like who I am. See, if you like who you are, you don't have to change what you are or who you are. This is, again, the great problem that we find in our country and in the world. We treat symptoms. We never treat the problem. The problem is not drugs. The problem is you don't like you. And if I don't like me, I'm going to do something to me to make me good and lovable. I'll get a buzz on. I'll get a Gucci. I'll do something, but I'm going to be something good. Think about it. Sin is stupid. Now friends, when you really begin to grasp how great God is, not only does he give you everything. Your identity is him. It is not in the world. Now for the first time in my life, I can find out who I am because we've all been manipulated. You look at the advertising that goes on. You look at the peer pressure that people get at work or at school. All of a sudden we begin to realize how much we have been tampered with in our being. Jesus goes on and he says. By this. Speaking of God. Blessing you. With what you ask for. And by the way friends. When things get tough. Inflation goes through the roof. You know I got to thinking about it. My little boy. Loves VW Vans. I don't know why. The, you know, the one with the V in the front and the bar, you know. He loves that. And I tell him, honey, I said, they're so expensive and, and everything. And I remember in 1972, I had one. And he goes, you had one? How much did you sell it for? And I said, $1,600. And it ran really good. But I sold it to buy a brand new Dodge van with a V8 engine so I could pull my boat and it was 3,000 dollars brand new off the showroom floor. 3,000 dollars for a brand new van. Same van today is probably 60,50,000 dollars. This is what inflation is doing to us. <clears throat> but you see, my source is not the American dollar. Our source is Jesus. And that, friends, we rejoice in. He turns the water to wine. He multiplies the loaves and fishes. What do you need him to do for you today? That's the God we serve. And if we forget that, that we don't have religion, we have a relationship. As Jesus said, I and you, you and me. Ask what you want, I'll do it. And by this, look at this verse. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. (laughs) I like that. Isn't that good? You actually have a big daddy that loves you, wants to take care of you. And as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Oh, wait a minute. Now, what's going on here? Let's look at this. Better look it up close here. If you keep my commandments, Jesus saying, you keep my commandments. Now, listen, Jesus said, I kept my father's commandments. What were the father's commandments? The 10 commandments. Okay. We know that. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law, I came to fulfill the law. So Jesus said, look, just you keep my commandments because I kept my father's commandments. Our righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Now notice what he says here. If you like to mark things in your Bible, you're going to want to make a line from verse 10 down to verse 12. It's really important. We'll get there in a second. These things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy would be full. Wow. God wants us to be happy campers. I like that. New year. New deal. New level. New devil. Grow up in Christ. Now. So Jesus said, Keep my commandments. I kept my father's. He fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law. Now Jesus said, now you keep my commandments. What is his commandments? I'm glad you asked. Verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Wow. Isn't that good? God just says, this is my commandment. Love each other. Wow. Wow. Friends, do you understand what that means? You got a family. You're not alone anymore. You're, you're, you're not an orphan. I know some of you, your parents, your brothers, sisters, don't want to have anything to do with you because you love Jesus. You got a family. You're not alone. You're not an orphan. You're not out there all by yourself. God loves you and has given you a family. Love one another that's what Jesus said His, you love me keep my commandments his commandment this is my commandment not the ten commandments Jesus said I kept my father's commandments but you keep my commandment and my commandment is you love each other wow but God some people can be so unlovable you notice that You know what? You don't love them with your love anyway. You love them with God's love. He's the source of everything you need. New Year, rely on Him, know your source. Whether it be because of inflation, whether it be because of economic turmoil, whether it be because of problems in your life, know your source in this new year. Your happiness depends on it, friends. Your joy depends on it. Greater love hath no one than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. Greater love has. By the way, this verse implies some type of conflict. You don't usually are required to lay your life down for a friend unless there's some kind of a fight going on. What that tells me, it's okay to be so closely related as a family that we interreact with one another to keep the baddies away. You think there's baddies out there? Buy something on eBay. No, I'm just kidding. I just. He said, No longer will I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all the things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you, love one another. Wow. Pretty encouraging. So not only does God give us the ability to love one another because he's the source, because I'm hooked into him. But then he gives me what is necessary to show that love for one another. You see, I believe when God builds his family, he does a good job. And I believe you're part of his family. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, God's blessing is upon you. And in this new year, you're going to need that. I don't know what holes. I'll tell you, from a logical standpoint, I, got, I can tell you, it doesn't look real good. You, you see, I, I looked today at the news and it said nine things to do because a giant recession is coming. Well, I'll tell you the number one thing, and it wasn't on the list, is the hook into the vine. That's what we need to do. Because the others are Symptoms. God has you because he loves you. That your joy would remain. That's what you need in this new year. Now, joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness is when things go my way, I'm happy. You don't believe me? On your way home, you get a green light, I'm happy. You get a bunch of red lights, you got red light juju going on. Have you ever had red light juju? I've had that. It don't matter where the light is, I will hit it red. I don't know why. I don't know how it works. Red light juju. That's the only thing some of you will take away from this morning is red light juju. But anyway. And I'm not happy. But joy is different. Joy is not hinged upon things going my way. But rather, a greater peace knowing I'm hooked onto the vine, God's going to work it out. No matter what the circumstances are, Jesus said, Abide in me, love one another, you will be blessed. Wow. So, question this morning. Done playing games with God? Maybe a better question is done playing games with yourself? I'm happy. I'm doing good. I'm Gucci. Well, think about that for a minute. Does that make you better? Or do you just play a game? Remember a couple of things this morning. Love one another. He's the vine, we're the branches. Stay hooked on him. You're going to get the nutrients you need to be able to minister and bless others. You can ask what you will in God's name and he'll give it to you, not for you, but to bless them. And sin is stupid. Remember that one for the year. Sin never does us good. It always hurts us. And the temporary buzz you get from it never satisfies the problem why you started. Letting God be God in your life. You know, in a new year, can't think of a better resolution you can have. Now, if you happen to be one of the fortunate few that went out and bought the Flabmaster 2023, um, I pray you use it. I pray you enjoy using it. I haven't got time for the pain, but that's another whole topic. But this morning, if you're not a Christian, you see, you're still lost in your sin. You're still believing the lie that something you do can make you happy. And the flesh is never satisfied. Because that's not what it needs. Your flesh is right a person that's not born again. Your flesh is saying, I need something. Uh, Let's try this. Let's try that. I want some identity. Identity. I want this. I want... We try... Your your flesh is right. But what you need is not that. You need Jesus because that satisfies. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. You can ask Christ to come into your life. You can say goodbye to the old you, a brand new you for 2023. Where God is now the one who supplies what you need. Gives you the love that you need to be able to function in a loveless world. And the boldness that God gives us because, again, he's the source of our strength. You know, Jesus said, it's not that you chose me, I chose you. You know what? For God so loved the world. He chose everybody, but have you chosen him? This morning, if you've not, today's your day. Brand new year, brand new relationship with God. If you've been playing on the wrong side of the fence, you're thinking, you know what? I kind of feel like a dried out branch that's ready for the fire. Maybe you ought to rededicate your life to the Lord this morning. We're going to pray. And you can ask Christ to come into your life. And so we're going to do that right now. If you're tired of the way you live, pray this. Repent. And let God bless you. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I have been in rebellion to you forever. And I'm sorry. From this day forward, you changed my life. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And his blood covered my sins. And now I'm clean. And now I can be separated from all the wrong things I've done. So now come into my life. I believe you rose from the dead to give me life. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life that I can live with you forever. And Lord, you put the things in my life that I need from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.